0: Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit comicweb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. This week, our podcast features an episode of Screen Guild Theater called Can We Forget? It first aired on January 22nd, 1939.
1: Welcome, everybody. Tonight, your neighborhood good golf dealer joins the golf companies in presenting the third in a new series of programs, reviews, musical comedies, and dramatic shows, all the varied entertainment forms of Hollywood. So welcome, all of you, to the motion picture star's own program, The Golf Screen Guild Show, with Betty Davis, Robert Montgomery, Basil Rathbone, Louise Beaver, Oscar Bradley, And Hollywood's favorite master of ceremonies, George Murphy. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the third Screen Guild show, Hollywood's own program, written, directed, and acted by the greatest names in the motion picture industry for the benefit of the Motion Picture Relief Fund. Each week, we present a different type show with a different cast of stars. Last week, a musical comedy. Next week, a review starring Mary Boland, Marlena Dietrich, Frank Morgan, and Cliff Nazaro. Tonight, it's a drama, Can We Forget? Directed by Frank Capra and written by Mary McCall Jr. Under the musical direction of Oscar Bradley. invited to a gay party at an exclusive hotel on Park Avenue, where the most photographed, the most discussed, the most envied debutante of the season, Hilda Rutherford, played by Betty Davis, is having her coming out party. Among her many admirers in the stag line is a young man named Alan Barker, played by Robert Montgomery. Dancing with Hill at the moment is Paul Ferguson, enacted by Basil Rathbun. Lights. Music. Curtain. <laughs> Now, if the stag line doesn't discover this alcove for a minute, perhaps I'll be allowed a few steps with you. Oh, it's a lovely party, Hilda.
2: Do you think so, really, Paul? Well, don't you? Oh, it's wonderful to me. I love the whole silly business. Being rushed, being stared at. Makes up for all the black times of childhood. Like the years I had to wear bands on my Oh, team. you never did. <laughs> I did so, and I
1: lived.
2: <laughs> you know, Paul, I didn't think you'd come tonight.
1: Whatever, put that into your head.
2: Oh, I was afraid you were above Deb parties. Aren't you always merging
1: companies and sitting on board? Oh, sounds like a very uncomfortable position. Perhaps that's why I was afraid you wouldn't ask me. Not ask you? Oh. Well, a man of 35 must appear to you to be on the very brink of his dotage. May I cut in, please? Oh, uh, I'll allow it only if I may have the supper dance with you, Hilda. It's a
2: bargain. Don't forget. I won't.
1: Oh, but you will, though. I will what? Forget whatever it is. You'll only remember me.
2: I don't remember meeting you.
1: You haven't. We dance well, don't we?
2: Well, if I'd never met you, I couldn't have asked you to my party. That's right. You weren't asked. No, I weren't ask. You crashed my party.
1: Yes, but I did it so neatly. More like an incision than a crash. You know, uh, you're not as pretty as your pictures.
2: Mister, whatever your name is, but I... But you're have. much
1: livelier. Makes you shine, kind of. Get your coat, Hilda.
2: Get my coat? What on earth are you talking about? not getting your coat.
1: We can't talk here. This place is full of people.
2: Yes, it's full of people. Full of my guests, my invited guests. And if you think I'm going to leave here with you, you're
1: out of your mind. <laughs> I never heard such a noise. No, of course not. It's unique.
2: You always do
1: that? Yeah, mostly. I call her the Blue Arrow. I bought her on time my freshman year (laughs) in college for $23. What's
2: that, a radio? Certainly it's a radio. But no brakes.
1: No. No, I drag one foot on the hills. (laughs) Hilda, tell me what you like.
2: What do you mean, tell me?
1: Now, don't start that again. I want to know what you like. Food, books,
2: anything. Well, Well, I like cream cheese and fur bedroom slippers. The smell of heliotrope horses stuff boys, Helen Hayes. What on earth am I doing this for?
1: Because I asked you to. Now, I'll tell you what I like. I like the west front of the Parthenon. Oh, by the way, I'm an architect. Just out of the shell, but <laughs> boy, am I talented. Hey.
2: You know, you must try to get over that inferiority complex. It doesn't do to be too
1: much. Don't interrupt. And I like English shoes and eggs Benedict and uh, kissing a girl in the cold and the Mohawk Valley in May and... Oh, Hilda, you're a swell girl. Will you marry me, Hilda?
2: What's your name?
1: Alan Baker. What's that got to do with it?
2: Alan Baker, I think you're the freshest, rudest, most conceited puppy I have ever met. And I wouldn't marry you if you were the last man in the world.
1: And whom God hath joined together, let no man put asunder.
2: This carriage will never take the place of your automobile, darling. Does the horse also park?
1: Well, he's an English horse. <laughs> I say, old fellow, uh, cease walking. <laughs> no, desist. Relax.
2: <laughs> halt. Why don't you just say walk? <laughs> <laughs>
1: you make everything so simple, dear. <laughs> you happy, Hilda?
2: Oh yes, Alan. I'm so happy I could. <laughs> well, go ahead.
1: It's a mighty poor purr. <laughs> How about a little music?
2: You're crazy, not just like that. Funny little phonograph all over the news.
1: Sure, you know the old saying. She shall have music
2: wherever she goes. You were playing that song when you first spoke to me, darling. Uh-huh. That's why I like it.
1: Hilda, if I say something,
2: don't laugh at me, will you?
1: You no, know, I'll never laugh at you when you're serious. Well, all that, that dizzy business the night we met, dragging you out of your party, that was because I was scared. Scared? Sure. If I'd had someone introduce me, I'd have been just another guy. I had to shock you, make you laugh, make you mad. Because I had to have you.
2: But darling, you'd never seen me before.
1: No, no, I crashed your party to see the girl who was in all the papers. And there I found you, darling. Hilda, no matter how gay you are, or sad, or anything, you make me feel you're only using part of it. There's so much more to you. I knew that night that I couldn't let anyone but me. Oh, Hilda, always
2: love me. Oh, yes. Yes, i always love you, Alan. Even when we're both old, my heart will still jump when I see you. You said that night I had a kind of... well, that I saw it sort of show. That's only when I'm with you it's only because of you. Now, these are the place plates, Camille. Yes, son. When you take off the soup plates, you leave the place plates. Just leave them set? Yes, that's right. Oh. Then you exchange them one by one for the hot dinner plates. Miss Baker, why don't you all just have a lap supper? <laughs> well, Camille, because Mr. Baker is bringing home a client. Yes, but a lap supper don't take so much swapping. <laughs> I was only hired out to you for cleaning, Miss Baker. For waiting, you should have had my cousin Octavia. <laughs> you can do it, Camille, if you can only just try. Now, once again, the place, plate? Oh, do who it is? Yes, sir.
1: Only if it's the ice cream, it'll
2: be all too much by the time. Yes,
1: sir. Mrs. Baker? Well, I don't think she wants want to see nobody. we got
2: a company dinner on uh, hand. Yes, and... yes, but I'm the company. Uh, may I come in? Who is it, Camille? Hello, Hilda. Paul? Yes. Paul Ferguson, are you? You're not Alan's client, Mr. Ferguson. Yes,
1: why not? Let me look at you. <laughs> oh, you look lovely. No,
2: lovelier. You're very happy, aren't you? Oh, yes, we're very happy. Sit down, won't you? Thanks. Paul, um... Paul, tell me something. Do you honestly want Alan to do your house? Because if it's to help him because of me... Well, Alan and I couldn't accept that. Oh,
1: don't be silly. I like his work enormously. He has taste and originality, and his plans are practical. Oh,
2: he is a grand architect. Well, then... Then it's all right. Paul, why don't you come to our
1: wedding? Uh, I, uh, I was away... I couldn't get back in time.
2: In here, darling. Paul's here. Paul? Paul?
1: Paul who? Oh, hello, Mr. Ferguson.
2: Hello. Alan, you idiot. Why didn't you tell me it was Paul Ferguson? I've known him forever.
1: Oh, my dear child, a struggling architect doesn't call his clients by their first names. He was Mr. Ferguson to me. In fact, he was Mr. Ferguson. God bless him to me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Miss Baker? Yes? Miss Baker, I'm afraid you're all going to have to do without them place-place. Oh, Camille. Well, well, I told you, if it was waiting you wanted, you should have had my cousin Octavia. (laughs) Now,
1: nurse. Yes, Mr. Baker, you may see her now. Hilda. Hilda. Hilda, it's a girl.
2: Did you want a boy, Alan? You'd never tell me which. No, no,
1: I, I wanted a girl so there'd be two of you. Was it very bad?
2: No. Have you seen her, Alan? You bet I have. Is she all right? Alan, I don't like to know. Is she perfect?
1: Perfectly beautiful. Wait till you see for yourself. You want
2: to see for yourself? Oh, could I?
1: Yes, the nurse is bringing her. Here she is. Uh, I'll uh, <clears throat> I'll take her nurse.
2: Keep your hand under her head. Sure. Nurse? Yes, Mrs. Baker. Could we have her by ourselves? Just for a minute. Of course. I'll wait outside. Oh, Alan. She is
1: beautiful. Gee, I had no idea they were born with fingernails. <laughs> Alan. Well, I mean not like that. Is it is it okay to touch her? Yes. Well, you feel that skin now. Say, is she doing that? Of course. Well, isn't that pretty advanced? I mean, most kids don't cry right off like that, do they?
2: Oh, darling. I'm sorry to flubber like this. It's so wonderful.
1: Yeah. Well, what do you think I'm doing?
2: come right out and admit you take three sugars.
1: I don't. Two in and one on the side.
2: But you always put the side one in.
1: (laughs) You mind your own business. (laughs) I gotta go, sweet. I'll just look in and see Carol. Is that tooth still bothering her? It's through. No kidding.
2: Go look at it. Oh, but don't put your finger in her mouth. She'll snap at you. (laughs) (laughs) Kiss? Thank you.
1: Now, don't forget the new dress.
2: Oh, not a chance. What color?
1: Any color, uh, so long as it's red.
2: (laughs) Bye, darling. (laughs) Goodbye, you darling. Camille? Yes, sir? Yes, Miss Baker. Camille, I want to plan a nice dinner tonight because uh, tomorrow night Mr. Baker's taking me out. <laughs> it sure is a treat to watch Mr. Baker eat. I likes a hearty man. My husband was the picky kind. <laughs> well, I'll make out a list and call you, Camille. Yes, and... Soup... Beautiful soup, so rich and green, Da-dum. Did you call me Miss Baker? Oh, no, Camille, I was singing. <laughs> you certainly feel good this morning. Camille, I feel so good that if I felt any better, I'd bust. Carol has a tooth, Mr. Baker has a new house to do, tomorrow's our second wedding anniversary, and I'm going downtown to buy a new dress. Oh, Camille, make one of your lemon pies tonight, will you? <laughs> yes. yes, sir. I'll get it, Camille. So so Hello? Yes? Yes, this is Mrs. Baker. I'm sorry you have to speak very slowly. Oh, but you see, it can't be. You see, he just left. So it can't be. Oh. Oh, I'll be right there. Ah! Miss Baker! Oh, he just left! Camille, you know, he only just left. They said he was crossing the subway. But oh, he was here only a minute ago. Camille! man said, "My husband is dead, Alan. Alan!"
1: We've just heard Act One of Can We Forget with Betty Davis, Robert Montgomery, Bethel Rathman, and Louise Beavers. Now, before we raise the curtain on Act Two, we'll hear a few words from Johnny Conti. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I wish that I could personally introduce to each one of you the good golf dealer in your neighborhood who helps make this program possible. But since I can't, why, I hope you'll take the opportunity of meeting him yourself the next time you're near his service station. You'll find that your golf dealer is a mighty good neighbor an independent merchant who conducts his business to give you and your car the best in service as well as the best in automotive products. So next time your car needs gasoline or motor oil, visit your good golf dealer. Your motoring needs will receive prompt, courteous attention at the sign of the Gulf orange disc. <laughs> the curtain is about to rise on the second act of our play, Can We Forget? Hilda Baker has been left alone with her baby daughter, Carol, after the sudden death of her husband, Alan. Hilda's old friend, Paul Ferguson, and Camille the maid are the only ones left to help her forget the tragedy. Lights. Music. Curtain.
2: Mr. Ferguson is here to see you Tell him to go away
1: Hilda That's all right, Camille
2: Yes, sir Paul, please go away
1: You've been sending me away for six months
2: Paul, you've been so wonderful But I just want to be alone, please
1: Hilda, believe me I know how you loved Alan
2: I love him now Just because he's dead doesn't change anything why can't I be dead, too? Don't say that. It's true.
1: But you have Carol to think of.
2: I've tried, Paul. How can I think But I keep hearing it over and over? I wake in the night hearing it.
1: Hearing what, Hilda?
2: That voice on the phone. That man telling, Mrs. Baker, prepare yourself for a shock. Prepare myself Stop, for... Hilda. Yes, I know. for Carol's sake I must stop remembering. But, Paul, I hear it. I hear it over and over and oh,
1: over and Hilda. over. Now, you ought to dry your eyes and come out for a drive with me. Oh, Paul, I can't. You must. you understand?
2: You're going to have dinner with Mr. Ferguson again? How did you guess, Camille? He's been doing that pretty regular for three near years now, ever since, Miss Yes, Camille. One of these days, I expect he's going to ask you to marry him. Yes. Yes, I suppose he will. You suppose he will? Well, excuse me for speaking right out, Miss Baker, but you ought to hope he will. Yes, I guess you're right. I ought to hope he will. I do, Camille. There he is, let him in, will you? Yes, um... When he say he would be here at seven o'clock, he means two minutes after. Hello, Camille. Good evening, Mr. Ferguson. Hello, Paul.
1: Oh, I like that blue dress. I only hope these will match.
2: Flowers again? Oh, Paul, you should.
1: Oh, <laughs> why not? They grow only for people like you.
2: That's a very pretty speech, Mr. Ferguson. I oh, love that. White orchids. Hi, Paul, I haven't had white orchids since... Not since my debut. I'm glad you like them, dear. Where's Carol? In bed. Of course, she wanted to stay up and see you. Ah, <laughs> good for Carol.
1: Come on, dear. This is an important occasion tonight. Mario has a very special, special dinner waiting
2: for us. Wish me luck, Camille. I sure does. I sure does, Mr. Ferguson. <laughs> <laughs>
1: They say that the honeymoon's over and married life begins with your first breakfast in your own house.
2: It's such a beautiful house. Alan enjoyed so much planning it for you. Toast, Mrs. Ferguson? Yes, thank you. Just
1: wait till you see that terrace in the spring. There are bulbs scattered all through the grass.
2: I know. I remember Alan saying they'd bloom next year.
1: With those long windows open, it'd be like eating our breakfast out of doors.
2: Yes. Alan planned that too. What? I thought I heard someone. Someone whistling.
1: No, I don't hear anything.
2: No. I guess it was my imagination.
1: Or someone passing on the road. That hedge makes us very private.
2: Alan always said that the planting was part of the house. Hilda? What? What did you say, Paul? What? I
1: I didn't say anything, dear.
2: Oh, I, I thought. That white birch by the library bay was on the plan the first time he showed it to me.
1: Because you like white birches. Yes, because I... Darling, darling, what's the matter?
2: Nothing. Nothing, Paul, I am... Sugar?
1: Oh, don't you remember me? I'm Paul, the man who hates sugar in his coffee.
2: Oh, yes, yes, of course. Whatever am I thinking of? You were thinking of me. Two lumps in, one on the side. But you put the side one in.
1: Hilda, Hilda, what is it? Aren't you feeling Well... Yes, yes, I'm all right, Paul. Remember that last breakfast? We had such fun being in love. Yes, such fun. Darling, darling, there is something wrong.
2: No, I... uh, Good morning, Mother. Oh, good morning, darling. Good morning,
1: Paul. Good morning, Missy. (laughs) That's a funny name. Well, you're a funny girl. She just cut her first tooth. We
2: were so proud of her, remember? Hilda. Remember
1: Hilda in the hospital? Her first cry. And I said... Alan, I mean...
2: I mean, Paul, excuse me. Hilda, 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 where are you going? Hilda!
1: Is he taking my place? With Carol? With you? No. No, Ellen.
2: Nobody could take your place.
1: She's part of us. She grew from our love. Hilda, Hilda, what is it? What's troubling you?
2: Please. Please, just leave me alone, Paul. No.
1: If there's anything wrong, I want to know what it is. Perhaps you shouldn't have come to this house. Perhaps it's tied up with the past, things that you must forget. Can you forget, darling? Our years. We'll go always. away. No, I can't. We'll go away for a while, Hilda. And, and when we come back, I'll get you a new house.
2: I feel at home here, Paul.
1: No, no, we'll have a new house for a new life. Suppose, um, well, suppose in the meantime we run down to Bermuda. Riding in a funny carriage, swimming in the moonlight.
2: No. No, Paul, not Bermuda. Let's, uh, let's go to Sun Valley, you see, uh, See, I've never been there.
1: Well, whatever you like, dearest. Of course, we'll have to be back by Christmas. Oh yes, yes,
2: by Christmas.
1: I wouldn't miss the holidays with our little girl. Our little girl. Yes, yes. Mm.
2: our little girl. Mm. Our little girl. <laughs> Alan. Alan, where are you? Here, darling. It's Christmas morning. Christmas is the time for families. Alan, I want to be with you.
1: I'm here. I'm with you when you call me.
2: Oh, not like that. All the time. The way it used to be. The way it should be. I've tried to make a new marriage. I shouldn't have, Alan. I can't be married to anyone but you.
1: You're coming to me,
2: aren't you, darling? Yes, sir. I'm coming to you. i have to leave Carol. Oh, that's wrong, isn't it? I can't help. I'll drink this now. It won't hurt very much. It'll be a quick, awful day. Maybe I'll be afraid. But not in my heart. Because I want to be with you, my darling. I must be with you. Hello, Mother. Carol, did you get up early to see your presents too? Oh, Carol, darling, you will, you mustn't be down here. Go back to bed, please, Carol. But Mother, it's Christmas. Can I open Paul's present, please, Mother? Well, all, all right, darling. But I better light fire. It's so cold here. There's my present. What does it say on it? To Carol from Santa Claus and Paul. Paul did give my my letter to Santa Claus. Oh, Paul's the most wonderful daddy in the world. Carol, Paul isn't your real father. I know, you told me. But Paul's my father now. Oh, but your real father, how you would have loved him. Please open Paul's present, Mother. Oh, there it is. Don't get too close to the fire, Carol. But it's just what I asked for in my letter. Look, Mother. You see, Ellen, she doesn't remember. No,
1: she doesn't remember.
2: Then it's all right for me to leave her, isn't it? She's happy here with Paul. Hilda! The tree! The fire! Carol, Hilda! 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 Hilda, darling. You feeling better? Oh, where is she? Is she badly burned?
1: She'll be all right.
2: Oh, let me go, too. It's my fault. I let the fire on the tree fell. Shh, lie, lie still, lie still. The doctor dressed her leg.
1: She didn't even cry. Just lie back, darling. I'll get you some water. Hilda. Yes, Alan? You called him, you know. You were talking to me, but in that danger, you called Paul. And that's right, Hilda, because he's alive. You've kept me here, but I don't belong. I'm in the past. No. Yes, Hilda, I haven't been here except in your mind. You must forget, as Carol has forgotten. I can't? You must. Hilda, let's say all our words very quickly and for the last time.
2: For the last time?
1: Remember that first night when I cut in? May I cut in, please?
2: I don't remember meeting you.
1: You're not as pretty as your pictures, but you're livelier. It makes you shine, kind of.
2: What's that, a radio?
1: Certainly a radio.
2: But no brakes?
1: I drag one foot on the hills. Oh, Hilda, you're a swell girl. Will you marry me, Hilda? Even when
2: we're both old, my heart will still jump when I see you. Oh, Ellen, she is beautiful. Gee, I had no idea they were
1: born with fingernails. Kiss? Thank you. Now, don't forget the new dress. Not a chance. What color? Any color, oh, so long as it's red. Goodbye, darling. Hilda. I said goodbye, darling. I can't say it. Say it, Hilda. Quickly. Say it. Say it. Goodbye, darling. Say it. Goodbye, darling.
2: Alice. Goodbye. You darling.
1: of ceremonies, but rather as one of the millions who heard this play tonight, I want to say that I shall never forget the performance just given by Betty Davis, Bob Montgomery, Basil Rathbun, and Louise Beavers, and a special bow to the writer, Mary McCall, Jr., and the director, Frank Capra. It has indeed been a privilege to be associated with them on this, the Screen Guild's own program. Ladies and gentlemen, we feel it worthy of note that the money paid by the Gulf Oil Companies to the stars and feature players on this program is turned over to a special fund to build a home for the care of aged and indigent people from all branches of the motion picture industry. The famous stars who are our guests tonight donated their services. Every single dollar they would ordinarily receive for themselves is being turned over to this fund. The Gulf Oil Companies, your neighborhood good Gulf dealers, and all of us here in the studio are proud to take part in such a worthwhile project. We sincerely hope you enjoy this new kind of radio entertainment made possible by the motion picture industry, the Gulf Oil Company. This is George Murphy saying thank you and good night. Next week, same time, same station, the good Gulf dealer in your neighborhood joins the Gulf companies. In welcoming you to another Screen Guild show, a review with a lot of fun with Mary Boland, Marlena Dietrich, Frank Morgan, and Cliff Vazaro, written by Ken England and directed by W.S. Van Dyke. We are grateful to Warner Brothers for Betty Davis, soon to be seen in Dark Victory, to MGM for George Murphy, and for Robert Montgomery, who has just completed Fast and Loose. <laughs> Mr. John Coddy speaking. I'll follow my secret heart is from conversation Peace. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.
0: The Screen Guild Theater was a popular charity anthology series. It aired from 1939 to 1952. It featured some comedy and music, but its main draw was having big stars play in adaptations of popular current motion pictures such as Destry Rides Again, Notorious, and Rebecca. The money generated by the show was used to help the Motion Picture Relief Fund. This fund maintained the Motion Picture Country House for retired actors. It, in, it initially was heard on CBS from 1939 until 1948, then continuing on NBC from 48 until 1950 was broadcast on ABC from 50 to 51 and returned to CBS in 1952. It aired under several different titles, the Gulf, St- Gulf Screen Guild Show, the Gulf Screen Guild Theater, the Lady Esther Screen Guild Theater, and the Camel Screen Guild Theater. To keep it simple, we just call it the Screen Guild Theater. And by big stars and big movies, we meant big stars. The actors included Ethel and Lionel Barrymore, Ingrid Bergman, Humphrey Bogart, Gary Cooper, Bing Crosby, Betty Davis, Judy Garland, Gregory Peck, and many, many more big stars. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.